Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So we had such success with the last time we did a Q&A around this particular area um, that we thought, you know what, we would throw it out again today and we would get... Well, somebody who's had 25 years of experience doing this exact thing, uh, speech and language therapist, uh, tw- as I said, 25 years in the business. She's just launched Speech Club. Um, uh, she's also my cousin. So that's really <laughs> exciting. Uh, we're welcoming Claire Whitaker to the podcast. Yay! Yay! How are you, Claire? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. And so grateful to be on. So thank you for having me. Now, now c- cousin, this is pretty, I'll stop calling you cousin after I just call, call you once. Um, but Claire, this is really exciting. So just just tell us anybody that kind of doesn't know exactly what you do just give us a little background to your to your career and your life I have the best job in the world I think um, and a career I have loved for over 25 years I basically teach children to talk and they can be deaf children hearing children children with stammers or children who um, have never spoken when, when they do speak their speech is clear but actually they don't know the words to say or they can't understand words when they hear them so it is a career that has enabled me to work in schools doctor surgeries um, I've had my own clinic it, it's just been endless and it allowed me to to really work with thousands of children so I've amazing. I've loved it and continue to amazing and have you seen more of a demand for it over the last few years there has been sort of a crisis that the speech therapists are aware of that I think the general public you know beginning to get inklings that something might be up but as a private speech therapist the phone has not stopped ringing mm. and mm. desperate calls from from mum saying you know my two-year-old um, hasn't spoken yet we've been in lockdown for the last 18 months yeah. um, they I'm terrified about what's going to happen when they go to nursery but there's a waiting list of, of nearly two well, years the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I was just—I was going to ask you about that actually, because there's a huge child, like childcare crisis at the moment. Not only the cost, but also the places. Like so many sort of nursery settings and preschools closed down during mm-hmm. COVID. You yeah. know, staff went off and got other jobs, um, and it seems like the demand for <laughs> everything sort of to do with children, like nursery, like speech therapy, all that kind of stuff, is just at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. also that the, the children then, if they get a nursery place, which I think most children are getting in fairness, but they're getting there 
unable to speak mm. or being very reliant on pointing and using gesture and not used to being in a group environment. So frightened to leave mummy and does, doesn't want to take turns with other children. And the parents can't get speech therapy unless they pay an absolute fortune to see a private speech well, therapy. that's the thing, isn't it? It's an absolute fortune if you've got to go down the private route. So then you end up waiting and then it's months and months and months and you're months and months further down the line with the issue. It's, it's quite frightening. It's quite stressful. It's really stressful. And if your child's only 18 months and the waiting list is 18 months, you know, you, you're thinking, you know, where do we go? And, yeah. and it was really as out of, out of that and speaking to another private therapist going, what can we do to help these families? Because for us, it's second nature. The, the girl that I've, the co-founder of Speech Therapy, of um, um, Speech Club with me is also 25 years um, trained. And she as well was saying there has to be a way that we're not just sending advice or mm. you know language program we have to be able to provide the actual lessons mm. and and speech club sort of evolved from there and and we then basically partnered up with um another amazing tech guy who knew all the how to put it all together and to create the website and to do recordings and we actually recorded um, 44 little lessons direct to the child. Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. Wow, oh, they're cool. so good. Really yeah, it's good. just different. So that then the families, the mum, and how we pitched it all, and what's so exciting is it's, it's being used and we're getting amazing feedback sort of all over the country. But it allows the mum to pick up their toddler and put them on their knee and open up their laptop and together have speech therapy and to watch. And you'll see a video of, of me or, or Claire, she's also called Claire, um, being quite happy clappy, being very expressive, saying, you know, hello, and today we're going to look at. And, and then having all the illustrations, all the handouts, all the guides that accompany that lesson. Yeah. It's a, it's a one-stop shop, really. Claire, you've said you've said mum uh, sort of three or four times. Are you finding that it's one parent more than the other parent that are sort of maybe taking the lead on it? Um, and is it more the mother than than you know the upwards maybe the, the parent who's maybe working more or yeah? No, I mean that's a really good point. And and actually that was very unfair of me to say mum. I think the mums are better at writing the reviews. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was just interested. Yeah. Mums are the form fillers. Exactly. I mean, we've actually had um, loads of grandparents. That's been lovely. Grandparents saying, when Charlie comes to stay at the weekend, I'm doing speech club. And it enables yeah. the, the grandfather to suddenly have a role and to say, look, this is, this is something that, that they can do to help the family and also give them something to do. Yes. Yeah. And, if, and not being scared of screen time, immediately thinking, well, look, if you want screen time, then let's make it useful. Let's, mm -hmm. let's actually teach Charlie how to say different verbs. Let's teach him how to start to form short sentences. And, and so let's turn on the computer and turn on Speech Club. It's sad, I mean, it sounds like an incredible tool and something yeah. that I wish had been around when we were in lockdown with Gigi and I didn't really know what, what the hell to do with She her. was just asking for sweets at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. George, do you want to lead the questions? Yeah, um, let's kick off. Actually, this, this plays quite nicely into what we were talking about, like when you don't really know what to do with them. Have you got any tips for extending their concentration span? So actually getting them down and, you know, getting them to sit down and watch Speech Club or do something with you. With you. Yes. I mean, I, I'm quite a firm believer in the whole sort of positive reinforcement and also 
putting things in in a very structured manner. So with with any sort of extra help at home or trying to to do a specific task, I would first of all give the child lots of warning. So I would be saying after snack time, we're going to sit down, we're going to use our timer and I'd have an egg timer or the clock or your phone and we're going to do five minutes of speech time or we're going to do five minutes of Miss Georgie's homework or whatever it is and allow them so first of all to know about it in advance then to have a timer so that they can see how long they've got to focus for Mm. then to be going wow you were amazing and having some sort of reward chart that is saying look you focused for and you managed to do speech club for six minutes today and should we tomorrow see if we can do seven etc etc right so let's build it up. up Mm. Build it up. Lots of positive reinforcement, lots of pro, pre, pre-warning and then reflection on it. Because I think our tendency is because we're so busy as mums to go, right, sit down. Will you concentrate? And right, just, just, you know, there's chaos. It is chaos, isn't it? And I look back to those homeschooling those homeschooling moments with Isla and I really you know hands up here I really really messed up with those because I wasn't I don't think any of us were really prepared or prepped for that moment and actually I was just getting really infuriated by the whole thing and I was probably listening I'll just sit down and get on with your math homework and she was like but I need help with it and I was like I don't know how to do maths I've got work you know there was a lot of that back and forth stuff going where they just they had to sit down and for 30 or 40 minutes at a time and how are they expected to do that I think really really difficult and and again just like anything it's in the planning so I would say Mm. have a specific area in your house of a desk doesn't have to be a special study but just an area that is where they do their homework Mm. and remove all distractions make sure that they've had a snack you know I think we pick up our children from school and they're hungry and they're knackered and they don't want to do homework and Mm. use the pickup time you know I always arrive with a snack so they've had something immediately. We talk about their day. And then it's it's non-negotiable in the sense of, right, well, it's homework time, speech club time or whatever. So we sit down and it's there's then no there's no questioning about it. Mm. It's structured and, and the boundaries. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing I would okay. say, especially with homework with like Isla's age or slightly older children, is I think as as a parent, I, I know my fear was always if Ben, and I have two children, comes home and says, you know, mommy, will you help me with maths? And I'd be like, well, no, because I can't do that. But actually, if you turn that and I would play the sort of the child and go, oh, will you teach me? Yeah. Can we do it together? Because one, yeah. that's very bonding, but also with a, with a teacher head on, that's the way they're really going to learn. Such a good tip. By actually teaching you how to do it. Um, and it suddenly makes it nice. So, so don't don't always expect to, to put the pressure on yourself to have the answers to their questions. Instead, say, "God, this looks so hard. Should we try and do this together?" And how do you know how to do this? And yeah, you know, yeah. comments because that's yeah. then you know encouraging the learning. And it's not even role play at that point. That's just a genuine question. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Bilingual household. What language should we speak around the child? They haven't said which which um, languages. I'm guessing English and something else. But what what do you think? It's always a question that comes up actually as a speech therapist. We will have a child arrive in a clinic who um, has two languages at home, and um, they become perhaps delayed. And there's suddenly this chaos of, oh, should we be dropping our home language? Should we just be speaking English? And the whole issue about raising a child with lots of languages at home. 
And I tend to answer that with, with thinking, we're pre-programmed with this incredible language factory in our heads. Mm. And theoretically, we should be able to, to put in, input any language we hear, and the magic happens and the language comes out. And that shouldn't matter how many languages we put in. Wow. It, it shouldn't be a problem. Problems occur when a family recently arrived in, in, in England, perhaps, and their English isn't brilliant. So what they try to do right. inputs a pigeoned English, an English that has a few of the right nouns but hasn't got the, the correct grammar, but they're trying their best. But what, they ha- what happens there is the factory stops working and actually then they're in a muddle because the child isn't hearing any language correctly. So the message is always, if your English is brilliant and you're fluent, use it all the time, great. If you come over and actually your English isn't, isn't brilliant, don't be frightened to just input your home language because that will get the factory going and the child will pick up English on the television at school. Um, but right. that, that that's makes really sense. the message, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. This is from Charlotte. Phonics help for speech delays, please. Well, it depends a lot on the age of the child. So every sound that we make, we make at a different age and there are lots of norms. And I don't really like norms because people, it's that whole sort of popcorn mm. in a pan analogy. We all pop at different times, I think. With the preschool age, rather than focusing on individual sounds, so sort of teaching them how to say a really clear R or something, which is often the mistake, and R is, so the letter R is a sound that doesn't really develop till they're sort of six or seven anyway. Mm. I would just play games that revolve around the sound of words. So rhyming games of, you know, lots of nursery rhymes and see if they can say the last word in the sentence, see if they can clap words. So start to introduce the fact that a word like caterpillar has four claps and so that they become aware of all the sounds of a word rather than just focusing on one word, one sound. And I think we get quite fixated on the clarity of speech and and the, the mistake is as a parent, you go, no, it's it's not a tat, it's a cat. Say cat, say cat, cat. You know, and, and what you're doing mm. asking them to be a parrot, you're not teaching them any meaning about that word. You're just keep asking them to repeat, and that's not helpful. So what you have to do is provide a collect mod model, so auditory model. So you'd say, Oh yes, a tat. But is it a tat? It's a cat. And let them hear the sound rather than constantly get them to say it. Right. Mm, that's interesting. And also the, the way that they're learning phonics now is different to when we were, well, definitely when I was I was, was going to say this. Because yeah. I remember um, being pulled up on Instagram um, by all the lovely teachers that follow us and that our, Luna was saying, Ur. For for R and I was like no it's ruh, not yeah. it's R R and then and then they were like actually Zoe and I was like I put my hands off I got it wrong because it's changed so much so I get confused by them all mm-hmm. as well because it'd be like uh and I'm like what is uh is it what is R? R? is it R? is it what <laughs> is it <laughs> yeah I know it's a lot there's something called visual phonics by hand that I am a huge advocate of which actually shows the child where it is but. As parents, I don't think you need to over-worry about that. Your your job is just to always provide the, the model. So if they make the errors, don't stress about it. Just make sure they can see your lip shape. So especially if it's a vowel that they say incorrectly, let them see your lips and just repeat the, the word back, but correctly. And that, that I think is the most useful 
tip really let let the primary school sort out sort the, out that yeah, yeah the, the writing yeah. and the sound and letter kit has started saying um hey mommy look at this bumblebee right her and he's going <laughs> there and he sort of sounds right. like her. he sort <laughs> of sounds like a farmer he, uh, yes he was going mommy and i was like yeah there's, there's a bumblebee right her but i'm like do i do i sort of go no kit uh, or do i say oh kit do you mean right here or should I just let him go horror and it doesn't matter? I think what's hard there is that if you laugh or if you suddenly oh, yeah, you're, you're breeding, you're reinforcing it, you have to pretty much ignore it. You've got to just go, yeah, there's a bumblebee and there is a bumblebee here. You know, use the auditory, but don't yeah. go, oh my God, what was that? You sound like a farmer. So don't go, like it when you do it right there. I, I know what you're saying and you shouldn't laugh, but I find it so cute and I almost sometimes don't want to correct it because I feel like when they make those mistakes, it's keeping them like a no, little, little, like Gigi calls a unicorn a meerkorn. And even if I go, oh, is that your unicorn? She goes, yeah, meerkorn. I'm like, but it doesn't even sound this doesn't even sound the same. <laughs> so but it's so sweet. I never want her to stop it. What I would say there is do write that down. Mm. But have a little book because you know, my my children are they're thirteen and fifteen and wow. they say it goes quickly, but I wish I'd recorded more. I wish actually that even on my phone get a snippet of it. Because yeah. 10 years' time, you'll you'll find that on your phone and your eyes will fill up and you'll wish that you, that you were back at that time. So yeah. try and record these silly errors <laughs> that they make because they're so Love sweet. That. Okay, this is from Jess. Um, my son is about to turn three. Should I be teaching him letters yet? And if so, how? <laughs> and isn't it a nightmare? Because how are we expected to know? I think that's the thing. You know, you, they, everyone says you're handed a baby and, and it doesn't come with a manual. And, and actually it gets harder and harder mm. because I know how to do that. But I've got four-year degree and, you know, that's my job. So teaching sounds and letters, um, I think I would go back to what I was saying before about some of the basic games around it looking at i spy awareness of sounds of the clapping syllables of as far as letters go i would um let them learn the, the letter of their name and try and write out that and have that as a game do you sorry just to do you teach it this, this is what i got confused with do you teach it as a b c d e f g because obviously that's the song or do you teach it as a b c d whatever it is eh, eh. what you don't want to do is to to sort of wing it or to buy a book in smiths and and decide which approach you want to do because when your child goes to school they will have their own approach so i would be saying don't be in a hurry with any of this don't try and teach Mm. and wing it to teach your child lessons i would do the abc song because that as how you were saying it of the abc dfg rather than the abaca I would um, let them just play with the first sound of their name. And I think I might play with the mmm for mummy and maybe draw a mmm. But I wouldn't go further than that at this stage. I think if you start introducing some, um, I don't know, advice from, if I start saying to you, okay, what I would do is I would use the letter and sounds approach or jolly phonics or any of that and you start to introduce that at home and your child goes to school and is using speech read ink which is a different process they're going to be so confused so yes. mm. I would let the letter and the sound 
work, the specific writing, I think I would hold off and wait for school to introduce it. And meanwhile, just play with sounds and do some, you know, um, I don't know, looking for, so for, for, let's say, Zoe, let's look at zebra and Zoe the zebra and start to yeah. just play with their sound um, of their uh, name. But I wouldn't go we'll be right back after this short break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? From, from obviously Georgia and I, our kids, you know, are in reception in year one. Both Georgia and I were freaking out before they went to school. And to Jess, you know, your, your son isn't even three yet. Yeah. All they need to know at, when they get into that first year is how to get themselves dressed. Like my yeah, son exactly. can't even wipe his bum yet on his own. And that's yeah. what we're working on this summer. But I think there's so much pressure to be like, oh, yeah, no, my child, you know, we're going through, we've got these phonics cards and, you know, my child can already read. It's like, no, no, no that's what the school is for. That's what I was going to say. Mm. Learning to read, playing, it's all about interaction. That reception year is so important, but not just for reading, but it's also how to interact with other children, how to form friendships. So like, just take the pressure off yourself, I think, a little I was, bit. I was literally just going to say that. I remember I was so conscious because Axel, I mean, he was only four and he was starting school, just turned four and was starting school. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? And I remember turning up to one of the sort of I guess like welcome days and there were children there reading books and I thought oh my god he can't I mean he can recognize his name that's pretty much it Mm. and then counting to a hundred and I remember thinking oh my god he's gonna be so behind I can't believe it and fast forward like you know two years or whatever it is it, it couldn't be like they they catch up they you know they do it, it's absolutely and I like Zoe said I focused more on making sure he could get dressed making sure he knew like which shoe to put on the right yeah. foot yeah and his bum like all that kind of stuff and actually it's probably been way more useful because they go to school feeling confident like a, as a person yeah. I think as well what what people sort of don't appreciate is that before you can have a a thorough, detailed conversation, you have to have a lot of pre-verbal skills. You have to know that you have to take turns. You have to sit. You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to understand some some single words. You have to be able to know that a a brush is used in your hair for brushing. You know, there's there's so much of pretend play and developmental pre-verbal skills Mm. 
And Speech Club does target all of that. So even for Jess of saying, look, what can I be doing? I, I'm, I'm dying to prepare my child in the best way possible. And, and I don't feel I'm doing enough. Well, then sign up to Speech Club and go yeah. through all the lessons because that does cover the, it's called phonological awareness, but that awareness to sounds and all the activities that you can do yep. and looks at the how to improve their listening, their turn taking, their sentences there. It, it's not about, and I think the, the thing, the message that I, I almost should be stressing is, is that speech therapy isn't just about improving the articulation, the clarity of speech. It's also about language and mm. understanding words. And that discrimination is, is really important. So so that any sort of pre preschool um, home guide to learning, all the aspects that are involved in that are in speech club. So it's not just for children who have got a lisp or in fact, it's certainly not for children with a lisp. This is just for that families wanting to support their children before they arrive at school. Amazing. Yeah, brilliant. You know, right. This hopefully will help cover all of that. There's actually quite a lot of questions around this and it's definitely something that can't like is is sort of alive in our house. Like how do you fit it all in? So how much homework should we be doing? How do you balance between them being tired and then the, the need to do homework? the clubs that they do and then homework. I've put my hands up. I went to parents evening last week and Axel hasn't done any maths homework since September. Like, he hasn't done any at all. Mm. And, I, and I said to the teacher again, I'm really sorry like we haven't been doing it, but we don't actually have any time. And to mm. be honest, when he's at home, if he's outside in the garden playing, I'm happy. I don't want to force him to come in and sit at the table when he's been sat at, you know, in a classroom all day at school. Yeah, I hear you, George. I think there are two sides to that. There's, there's on the one hand, we've got to pretend it's us and that, you know, we're doing this podcast, we're going off to this program, we're, we've got to write this, we've got to do our social media. And at some time, if it gets too much, you have to reassess and go, right, something's got to go. You know, this isn't working. And if if the maths homework, if we've never had to do it and actually the school is stressing and saying, look, come on, you might have to go, okay, this isn't working. And that reassessment, I was just to touch base every few weeks to go, how is this as a family? Is this working? Is this pickup time working? Is this, are you tired because of netball club or, you know, from music with mommy or whatever it is? So I think sometimes the bigger picture is it's okay to change direction and to drop things. Mm. Yeah. The other thing is children, I, especially boys, if they're tired or hungry, no, you're on a losing sorry. battle. Yeah. I think that applies when they're men as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Comes in, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tired, hungry or undersexed, you're not going to get anything out of those fuckers. I would look at that. And I would also, you know, going back to that sort of our original chat about booking it in, you know, saying, okay, every day it's the same. Homework is the first thing we do. You have your snack on the way home. You sit at this table. We put our timer on. That's the priority done. We, we spend, we tend to waste so much time in the, in the talking about it and the mm. flapping rather than saying, actually, you know, we've all got the same amount of minutes in a day. This is possible. Um, if, if it's out of control, it's okay to drop it. But if not, just put in the structure of this is where you sit when you come back from school every day, every day you do this and then it's done. 
and they learn that actually you know it's easy it's better to get them done the homework stuff the boring stuff done as quickly well not as quickly as possible but first thing <laughs> yes do you know what and actually that's I feel good after hearing you say that because that's exactly what we do with Isla even if it's due on Monday and it's Thursday I'm like dude it's tonight let's get it done just because do what it. we don't want is a Sunday night flap where she's like I haven't done my maths homework and I'm like let's just get it done then it's done it takes 20 minutes and then it's out the way and then we go and have fun and that's kind of it and that's a really good discipline for her as well we're yeah. actually trying to teach her that you know I, I work a bit like that I'm kind of like if it's left to the last minute I feel like I want to throw up but if I can just get it done beforehand what are you teaching them you're teaching them you know, actually, life can be chaos, but we yeah. have to fit in a few things. And yeah. even if we are tired, sometimes we have to do it. But also saying it's OK that if this isn't working, we have to make a change. Yes. So I would just make sure you're not beating the same drum of always being, oh, you never do your homework or every day we have this or, you know, using those phrases that, that again, aren't helpful and actually calmly putting in this structure so that it's nice for all of you. Um, So this is from Sam. How much reading should we be doing for our preschoolers? Mm. I think reading is so important. And when Mm. I say reading, it's it's not necessarily, um, obviously, you're not really encouraging them to read. They're just being exposed to stories. And the more that they can love books, the the better and I see it as the the children that we see when they're seven and eight with amazing vocabulary is a direct result of their children who've always loved books because the exposure they get to words that aren't in their immediate home um, and they learn about rainbow and unicorns and dragons and and that's all through books and Mm. so I would say read 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 but if a child doesn't like books if you're saying oh they hate that then look at um, Audible, trying to expose them to as wide a range of words as possible with lovely imaginative stories where they can escape. And, you know, Mm. for them at that time, everything's real. Fairies, Father Christmas, everything. So let's milk that into really breed their imagination, be it us reading from them, hearing stories or just picture books where if you can see if they can tell you a bit about the story. And books without words are great for that. Yeah. It's my favourite time of day. Uh, it, I look forward to it and I do it every single night. And I, I just love the fact that Luna and Kit still want to kind of cuddle up with me and they still want to I have a story. a story. I really do try and reinforce that because for me, as you know, Claire, my mum is such a massive reader. She used to read to us every single evening. So I really love that. I, read, I actually read to Kit last night one of the books that I was read to by my mum as a child. But it was the shittest story. Kit at the end went well what's the ending and I was like well, that's the ending and he was like mm. I was like yeah it's cash isn't it we won't be reading that again but it was a nice moment for us yeah and also <laughs> is I think it's good when you just find them like find them something they're interested in to read like my dad always says he's a headmaster he's like when you you, know, you were younger you didn't want to read books particularly but you loved magazines yeah so I was more than happy for you to just read magazines because it was just reading. And I think we're finding that with Axel now. Brings like whatever the book's home from school. Like sometimes they're about like steam trains or something. And he's like, this is so boring. And I'm like, here we go. Read this one about, I know, a match annual or read this instead. That's fine. (laughs) Like you don't have to read. Georgia was reading Bliss, 10 Ways to Keep a Boy. at school but you know and Axel's now reading like (laughs) what do footballers eat when they go to Nando's 
someone else has just said how to encourage a five-year-old boy to read at home there we go we just answered it there you go um I think there's a lot of questions about like when should you start this kind of stuff like when should you start preparing them for school someone here is that they're not going to send their child to preschool so how do they prep them and when do they start prepping them it again it's going back to that you want the, the best thing to prep your child the, the things that they need to be able to do is they need to be able to listen they need to be confident enough to go into an environment where you're not there so to be able to feel comfortable and sit down with with some children that they don't know so even if you're not wanting to send them straight to preschool make sure that they have had some interaction with as many other children as possible be that cousins neighbors anything don't forget that element mm. the that that stage of life that does revolve around play and pretend play and just reading books without any pressure of following some curriculum that that's the important bit and start that straight away um that that can't be started early enough i think i think that and to do the painting don't look at how can they form the letter z just allow them to make a mess with pen and, and paint and and to play so again I've got to suppose go back to speech club that that is designed for children you know between the ages sort of two and four so if you want more structure and you're thinking I want to do okay I want to paint outside but you know give me a bit more of what sort of paint then all the activities are on there yeah there are those brilliant flashcards Collins the ones that you can buy on Amazon they're also these really um we'll link them when we do uh through onto the show notes but we I got Luna and Kit to kind of trace the numbers on these big and they were sort of made into like countries and then they had to find the country with you know the letter a it was just all these kind of fun activities that you can do at home yeah, make it into, and yeah it doesn't, a is it doesn't feel too too much i also just yeah. had a poster i remember just putting a poster on the wall this was more because axel wasn't at preschool because of lockdown so i was in a similar position so i just had a poster on the wall that had like letters and numbers on it and we didn't really make a big deal out of it but it was there and it was there to be recognized lots of little games lots of little games um claire thank you so much speech club sounds absolutely wonderful and basically Georgia and I are devastated that we didn't have it in our lives a couple of years ago Um, but the best of luck with it Um, I'm sure that if you've got any direct questions around speech uh, language or all that kind of stuff please do message Claire directly and of course get yourselves logged onto speech club because I feel like every one of us needs it Um, thank you so much for coming on thanks Claire (laughs) thank you isn't she lush oh do you know what I think this whole speech reading like all of that kind of stuff it's it causes so much anxiety for parents and then you have someone like Claire come on the podcast and instantly I mean I feel better (laughs) so I hope everyone listening does as well because it does just put a lot into perspective and I think it helps you kind of rationalize all of these feelings that you're having about oh gosh I should be doing more I should be doing more when actually we're just teaching them to be good humans so like she said it's more important that they actually know what a brush does than they know how to write it totally (laughs) and you can't write brush unless you have an understanding of what it does so I love that I love that sort of theory for both of us there was there was maybe some sort of link that might have been missing um or in my sort of knowledge and my 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 like life understanding of what school does to a primary school kid Mm. you know that I thought I had to get them ready for it 
That, yeah. That, that's not what my job is. They, no. they don't need to go to school being able to read. They need to go to school being able to write. They'll learn it all there. And yeah. actually taking the pressure off yourself. I think when you think your child has got a speech and language problem issue, you know, we've spoken about lists before, but if they're not yeah. talking, that's something else. But actually getting ready for school, that's like just take the pressure off you. Just let them go and have a nice time. I know. I know. Okay? I, th- I think I've become so much more relaxed, actually, you have. in the last couple of years. I think the whole, you know, the fact that we went into lockdown in the last six months before Axel was starting yeah. school pretty much a year early yeah. that for me well, that yeah. that panicked me because I thought oh gosh like we're behind anyway like he's going to be you know a yeah. whole year younger than so many of the kids anyway I can't <laughs> and now his preschool's been taken away what am I going to do and yeah. and yeah like we did some reading eggs and things like that but now I just look at it I'm like gosh like remember this child could count to 100 when we started and now they're all on the same like they're all at the same level so I think, well, it, it, there's no there's no race, there's no rush, mm. and they and they do all learn and pick things up at different times. George, the issue you've got is going to be getting Gigi into a school uniform because that girl is self fabulous. <laughs> She's going to want to wear heels, sparkly capes, makeup, sponges. She's going to want the full look. She it, she goes trouble. as a different character yep. to nursery pretty much every day. And also, mm-hmm. did you see that she called our nanny? Uh, si- Actually, I said she called her a silly old woman. Axel corrected me and said no she called her a silly old bird <gasps> so there I think I've got much bigger fish to fry <laughs> oh my god your daughter is like a 25 year old influencer yeah, so <laughs> there we go <laughs> Uh, all right, listen, that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you so much for sending in all of your lovely questions. These Friday Q&As yeah. do not happen without you, so thank you. Uh, if you do have time to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast, that'd be wonderful as well. Yeah, and if you do have any topics that you'd like to cover, that you'd like us to cover even, then please do drop us a DM. We're on Instagram on at Mummers, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.